Hey, everybody. It's Mike Carlson from Podcast the Ride. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Scott Gairdner. Hello. And Jason Sheridan. Hey. And we've got a little announcement. We sure do. Yep. We're launching our new podcast on an app called Spoke to give Spoke. you three exclusive episodes. Can you believe it? Three. I can't. Yeah. Don't don't believe it, but it's true. Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. Well, how does that work, though? Well, I'm going to explain. The Spoke team handpicks the best moments from tons of podcasts and creates playlists of clips so you can try a bunch of shows out and find something new to love. So they're all grouped by topics or themes is what you're saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. Thank you for figuring that out. Thank mm-hmm. you. I mean, you could try like a playlist that's uh, like about music being decoded when it's playlists with clips about unpacking and analyzing and figuring out how people make songs and what. why are they so cool, you know? They also have one uh, called Spoke's Perpetually Single Playlist, dedicated to podcasts about relationships, or lack thereof, in my case. Sure, Jason, don't put yourself down. I want to, I want to, all right. (laughs) (laughs) There's all sorts of things is what we're trying to say, and Spoke has, like, fun exclusive content from Feral, like our podcast. Uh, So you definitely don't want to miss these special episodes. Download Spoke now, free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of Podcast the Ride's exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash podcast the ride. That's the address. Uh, Check it out. Spoke. It's time to spoke. Yeah, we're spoken. Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D, you get, like, brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again. Break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com right now and use the promo code FERAL and check out and get a 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com. D-S-T-L-D.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. That's me, I'm Matt Dwyer. Um, Thank you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, I greatly appreciate it and uh, feel free to go back to my archives and check out some of my former interviews or conversations is more accurate because they're more just like a loose chat uh, uh, and exploring somebody's life than it is a formal. Anyway, you get the point. Um, but some of my archives are great. Uh, Jerry Stahl of Permanent Midnight and I Fatty writer fame is a regular guest. Wayne Kramer from the MC5 has been on. Black Panthers, Paul Krasner. I've had a lot of goodies, and this today is a is a great. Uh, the it's kind of a two parter, but not really, uh, because last week's episode was Georgia Hardstark. This week is Allie Ward, and you know they do a lot of stuff together, but uh, these conversations live within their own. And uh, Allie and I, I Allie's great. I, it's funny because I've known these two dames for like a a million years, but I've never really like I've seen them at parties and at bars, and you know. Uh, we've talked in group situations, but we've never had these in-depth one-on-one conversations. So I got to know these ladies a bit better. And Allie, Allie, Allie's a really smart and fascinating and uh, wonderfully articulate person. I really greatly enjoyed talking to her. And uh, her passion for bugs is something you're going to want to listen to. Uh, am I right? I don't know why I said that. I'm uh, stuffy. I have allergies. I have these kind of allergies that's like I'm getting Bill Cosby'd. I just sleep forever. And, uh, like, I'll... The other day, I took four naps. And I'm either just excessively lazy or I have really bad allergies or make another Bill Cosby joke here. Um, But 
Yeah, and it's kind of, uh, when this, by the way, when this show airs, I will have recorded the live portion of my comedy album, uh, but as of right now, I'm just really nervous that uh, I'm going to be groggy, and uh, I'm just anxious about a lot of things. I think I keep talking about this in the show, so I'm going to move on. Um, there is, an, on, as I record this, a pubic hair on my kitchen table, and that is really kind of daunting. Uh <laughs> I don't, what kind of salads have we been making around here? Am I right, everybody? Um, I really don't have a lot to say in this intro today, so I'm just going to cut it short. I just, uh, I'm just i so preoccupied with taping this album that uh, that's all my life has been about. So uh, here's something I will say. Go to themattdwyer.com. Go to the Conversations with Matt Dwyer page on feralaudio.com and uh, use that Amazon link to uh, buy the things you need and we get a kickback of that and uh, support Feral Audio. There. How's that? Let's get on to my conversation with Ellie Ward. It's a really great one, so uh, I'm really proud. This year started off well. Ellie Ward, everybody. Okay. Oh, that's my marriage license. I was going to say, there's an envelope on your desk, and I, it's, this is either like, sorry for the felony, or you're getting married. I'm that's getting exciting. married. It is exciting. Why is it such a thick envelope? What kind of, what's in there's here? There's also stuff we have to uh, send in when we, we have to have people sign stuff, and then we have to send it in, and then there's our marriage license. And Who signs stuff? Like your priest or your <laughs> parole officer? Hi, monkey. The, uh, that's, they're battling over who gets their um the guy who marries us and the witnesses which i believe is going to be matt bronger and kara baker oh wait you have to pre-assign your witnesses no but it's whoever's there and then who's going to marry you some person we've never met well, how did <laughs> man they've never the uh it's uh what is it it's uh oh we're just getting city hall but san, san francisco city hall is like really beautiful yeah, my sister got married there. Yeah, because we were opposed to a city hall wedding. I like how this starts off and it's about me. <laughs> it's a conversation. I know, you're right. It's not an interview about Allie Ward. It's a conversation with Ward, Matt The Dwyer. world needs to know more about Allie Ward. Eh, who cares? Here's something I'm curious about about Allie Ward. Is I always see yeah. these pictures of your parents' home and it's just like this big <laughs> thing, like open field with mountains. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where is that? They live, my parents live in a town called Whitehall, which the sign when you enter into it is in the Sierra Nevadas. It's population, it says 200 and something, but the population is actually like six. Did you grow up there? No, no. I was born in San Francisco and then we lived in Northern California. Like my, we traveled around a bit. My dad was in broadcast. He was in radio. Oh, really? That's mm -hmm. cool. So we used to listen to my dad. We'd eat oatmeal in the morning and listen to my dad d on the radio. What kind of show was it? He was a news director for a news station. So... I remember he would, and then he'd come home from work. My mom was an accountant, and um, and she'd always ask him, "So what's the scoop?" And then he'd talk about like politics or what, who was kidnapped and stuff. Would he ever know like the secret inside stuff? No, like I mean he was a reporter. I mean, so he wasn't like investigative. He wasn't like he didn't corner senators and be like, "Who shot the who?" But he did once find a girl who was kidnapped. So he broke that story by being like, <coughs> "He found the actual person." Yeah, he How? went to he. There was a road. There was a car stopped on the road, and it was foggy, and so he was in his news car, and he went to go just check and see if the person was okay and found a girl who had been kidnapped. So he was like a, like, he, and then he had to report, like, Larry Ward on the scene. Uh, so, but at first he called the authorities, but it was like, uh, yeah, it was a story. Where That's he, crazy. Yeah. I just always think, because, like, in Chicago, it was always like they'd present, like, here's this guy, and he's this way, and then you'd find out he's, like, a raging alcoholic. Yeah. And, no, and my, dad was a, my dad remains a cool guy. My my uh, my dad is like the most ethical, moral, like kind, generous guy. And then here's, but here's the twist. You're like, what's the dark side? He's a fucking Republican, and I don't understand it because we don't have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he's so nice. Is he like super duper? Rep like, cause yeah, he watches Fox News, and I'm like, how? Yeah. See, like, my mom does that, but she's a lunatic Christian, and no, my parents aren't like even gays. religious. 
I mean, we grew up Catholic, but like they don't. There's no. It's not because there's like the old school Republicans who were like, well, let's be, but you know, and then it's like yeah. now there's the Republicans now who don't know how women's bodies work and. Yeah, I know. It's we're marching slowly backwards. We're we're moonwalking into darker times. <laughs> into At least past. we're doing <laughs> fat with a fashionable dance. But it's <laughs> like yeah, it's terrifying. I, like I can't. I used to be really active and know what's going, and now I'm like I don't want to know what's going because I just get. I like really knowing depressed. what's going on. I mean, I pay attention, but I mean, I used no. to read everything, and it's like, it's just like, I, I, I'm too emotional. No, I think people oscillate. I think people oscillate between being really informed and then being like like blissfully unaware for a minute, and then you you swing back. But I mean, I, I actually recently, like last week, paid for a digital subscription to the New York Times, because I used to read the New York Times daily, even when I was writing at the LA Times. Don't tell the LA Times. But I would read, and I would read all about, you know, geopolitics, what was going on, and I felt connected to pe- to humanity. And then they, uh, this is the worst, this is the worst <laughs> confession, but, like, they instituted, like, a paywall where you could only read 10 articles for free a month, and I was like, never mind. And then I stopped reading the news as much, because I would, I would use Google News or an aggregator, and I would click on a link for something, and then I'd be like, oh, this is, like, a Fox News article, or this is, like, some, like, USA Today coverage, and I'm like, eh. And yeah. so I started getting all this kind of spotty coverage. So I was like, fuck it. And I just, I pay like $12 a month to read as much New York Times as I want. That's not bad. And the Huffington Post is just a... It's an aggregator and it's a lot of, it's oh, turned it into garbage. fucking crazy. But I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get my news through a site that makes their money on like, who's got the worst boob job? And then they also cover what's happening with Putin. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay $12 a month. Yeah, it's because it's like any, there'll be like a super serious article and then it's like everything to the right is just like celebrity trash. Yeah. And it's like, how do you? I get it. That's what people want to click. I mean, it's clickbait, but. I just am like, I, I found myself spending more time hunting for a good news source on something than just reading the article. So I was just like, every morning I get the New York Times sends me a digest of what what stories are out. And then and it's for me, it's less depressing because I feel like at least I know it's like, oh, there's a monster in your closet. That's a fact. The monster is the darkness of humanity. Do you, <laughs> Would you like to see what it looks like or not? And I'm like, I, I, I want to see how big it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're also like in a great period of your life. Like you're getting married. You're recorded an album. Like I think you can lay off the uh, the ISIS for the minute, for the moment. You know? I guess. I don't. But like I'm when you were saying that about like how it's all clickbait to the side of the. Like I wonder is and you're somebody who grew up in media and or around yeah. news. Like do you feel like it's harder like and it's like hurt the news? The news is just. Um, yeah, I do because I feel. I mean, is this the most boring? Wh- should I be talking about more interesting stuff? No, I'm. F- okay. This kind of shit fascinates me. Okay, well, here's how I feel about it because you know, my sister was a crime reporter, my uncle was a reporter, so I grew up around journalism, and I didn't want to become a journalist necessarily, but um, but you you paid twenty five cents for the newspaper, and you went you went to the newspaper for more than just breaking news. You, you needed to sell your couch. You needed to see an ad for what's cheap at the supermarket. So, like, it was a... You paid 25 cents, but that was all, you know, because the advertising revenue was there. So, it made... I don't know. It made more sense because uh, when you... What am I trying to say? I feel like the way that the way that ads are in the internet, people are like, "What? There's a pop up ad?" And you're like, "You don't." <laughs> when you bought the newspaper, it was like Macy's bra ads, and there was all kinds of stuff and classified ads, and you have to get revenue to deliver media into people's hands. But people, but nowadays people are so entitled that they're so pissed about about having to see ads, and so I think as a result, media has to be sneakier about getting them somewhere where they can get ad revenue. So they kind of have to be more underhanded about it. You know, like show salacious stuff that they know you're going to click on and they know you're going to sit through an ad for. You know what I mean? You're not going to sit through a 15-second ad to learn about uh, what's happening in Syria, but you might sit through a 15-second ad to see Kim Kardashian have diarrhea. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I did it the other day. I was like, God, I can't believe I'm going to click on this. But I'm like... What was it? I wish I could remember. It was something stupid. It wasn't anything like so-and-so's butt or anything that... (laughs) I watched a... On the drive over here, I was in traffic and and someone posted like <laughs> a, a YouTube video of a horse farting. I, I would it. watch a horse farting. I clicked it. I was like, "Come on, no!" And it was a horse rolling around in the dirt, just <laughs> farting forever. And I was like, "This video probably has millions of clicks." See, they should, f- and then they should follow that up with like some, you know, like leftist propaganda or I something. Know. 
And then just like sneaking in between farts. Like well, Putin here. today. <laughs> Putin farting on a horse. I'm so, he probably has farted on a horse. He's been naked. He hasn't even been shirtless on horseback. Yeah, he, but, that's all he does. Um, I think. I think that. Uh, here's what I think. I think that if you get into like if you read the news and you get into just current events that kind of stuff can become interesting like gossip i think gossip is interesting when you know the people so let's say that like i told you i have this friend named aaron she's dating this guy named dan you will not believe who dan was making out with you'd be like i don't really care but if i told you like your fiance's brother was you'd probably care more because you know them yeah. Do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so gossip isn't interesting unless you know the, the players just like the end of a movie isn't interesting unless you've seen the whole movie so it's like once you start getting up on anything, any topic, science or news, it becomes more interesting because you're like, oh, shit, what happened today? <laughs> but if you have no idea, you're like, ah, it's too much. I don't care. I think that's why people like it. I mean, yeah, it's exactly Cosby, Cosby and all these things. Cause yeah, because like, we oh, know him. I embarrassingly Google Bill Cosby every morning. I know you do. <laughs> I know you're into this and you're pissed that you're into it. Okay, but let's talk but it, about I mean, it. It's fascinating to me on a lot of levels. But if it was like, but if, ooh, if, if you heard like, like good humored, a middle-aged man caught being a rapist, you'd probably be like, well, whatever. But if someone's like, Bill Cosby, total rapist, you care because you know the players. Yeah. I'm also fascinated, too, because people are like, because he played a nice dad, people are like, I can't believe it. It's like, it was make-believe. Like, mm. when are we going to... Like, there's that yeah. part of me that's like, when are we going to stop being thinking that everybody on television is like this? When oh. it's... Like, we have a 100 years of... Hollywood proving that these people are just yeah. fucked up weirdos and like you know god bless that's humanity but we like it's weird that we still idolize these people because they're on a box yeah well it takes a broken narcissist to to get through it <laughs> are you, was that directed at me no <laughs> no it's directed at anyone to succeed in this business and this is talking speaking from someone who is on tv and I wanted to go into tv I recognize completely that the reasons why TV appealed to me is to validate a huge hole where there was lack, where I was like, I'm not good enough. I need to make, I need to, if I can get here, I can prove that I'm good enough. So you have a ton of people swimming upstream that really have something a little bit broken that they're looking for a validation to fix. They're looking like stardom is a duct tape over what they, oh, what I is feel. broken. And I feel like those are the, those people, most people who end up getting fame are the least, like, it's the worst thing that could happen to most of them. I know if it would have yeah. happened to me in my 20s, whoo boy. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's I'd not. I'd be one of those jokes. What do you think you would have done? Oh, God, I was coke-fueled, and I would have. You were. I've never, like, I have never. I have tried cocaine one time under peer pressure, and I cannot oh, really it's terrible. say where I was. But it didn't, and I fell asleep, and then I ate a hamburger. So, and it was, like, p total. It's like John Belushi's story. I just, like, <laughs> didn't. And, and I was, like, when I was doing it, I was, like, oh, no, this is a slippery slope. And, it, it, and But I've never, so I don't get, and I never want to get what's so great oh, about it. Oh, don't. And it's not that great. It's, like, kind of all right the first few times because you're like especially if you're like at a party and you're like whoa this is like crazy yeah i can keep going but then it just becomes like sort of re repetitive and it's just like oh this is and then I, then you're just doing it and you're like why am i doing this and like i'm you realize you just turn into like a stockbroker asshole like you just really wait what are stock I, it's a very maybe that's more of a chicago it, reference because it's like but the guys who are like board of trade and they're just like these fucking like guys rich, rich frat guys who are coked up and they like Gross. are on the floor selling but they're they're just, they're always, like, they're around Chicago. It's just, like, the most notorious asshole there is. Were you ever, like, were you ever, like, I got it. Were you ever, like, I need to stop? Or were you, like, I probably shouldn't? The first the first time I decided to quit, or, <laughs> well, that was an accurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I decided to well, quit. Well, actually, and I did quit, and then I, uh, the second time is a whole, but I, we were sitting in my friend's apartment. I'd been, like, mushing my fingers against my hands, so my hands were raw, and oh. one guy mentioned like oh well we could sh sell the stereo for more coke and i was like <gasps> this is where i get off because i'm like this <laughs> and my brother was a coke dealer and he went to no. he went to jail and he went to rehab and so there was is like, he okay now he's a he's an asshole but mm. he's okay <laughs> i mean he's, he's drug free but he's he's a raging brick still do you remember in the 80s there were those uh, PSAs where they showed like this is what cocaine does and the guy's like sniffing sniffing and then he sniffs up his couch and he sniffs up like his oh, car. I do really remember that. That one that one made a huge impact on me and my thought was if I ever do hard drugs I'm going to end up selling my stereo and I can't believe that that actually happened to you. At least it wasn't my stereo. I don't think I had one at the time but I mean I was like that was like I was 18. I think I was like pretty much done with most drugs by the age of 20. That's good. 
And Your then brain has some time to late thirties. I was dating this really cute half Asian girl, and she was into coke, and I was like, <gasps> sure. <laughs> oh no! And then it's like it was a few, a couple months where it was like, oh, where I c- once couldn't find out how to get home from Los Feliz, and it was a straight shot down oh. Sunset, and that was the time where I was like, all right, you're forty, oh. you're gonna be the gross guy at Little Joy, like hang out with the hipsters, and then just have a aneurysm. No. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Yeah, I was like, okay, now fucking grow up. I feel like when there's a guy who's 40 at Little Joy, though, everyone's either like, that guy still lives with his parents, or he's a millionaire. And he's creeping on the young Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's just, like, too cool. This is old Little Joy, too, before they fixed it Oh, I remember back when it was vinyl booze, and it was, like, uh, wood paneling. and It was really creepy. Really gross. I remember it. Really gross bathroom. I liked it. I I liked the creep factor of it. Do you know what happened to me there once? What? I was there with some friends. My friend, On rode a motorcycle and he was letting us try on his helmet and take shitty stupid pictures on digital cameras before we had them on our phone and then a limo rolls up kate moss gets out she comes into little joy and the next thing we know she's wearing on's helmet and i have a picture i think with kate moss wearing my friend's motorcycle and then she just disappeared like like a drug model fairy into the night <laughs> that's a, i remember like chloe savini Seveni, whatever her name she was in there one night and it was so weird because it was it was like scuzzy and it was still would be like gangbangery but hipsters as well yeah so and then when somebody like that came in it was like what how did why yeah it was really weird it was i was that was down a, i felt like i fell down some wormhole where i was like la but that's one reason why you moved to la i guess is you feel you feel like you want some sort of heightened experience of just like of that kind of it's so it's, it's so surreal like how old were you when you moved to la i, I was old i was like 31 really wait, wait did you move from, from I, chicago no i would lived in new york for a little bit i left chicago around 30 lived in new york a little bit then i bounced around what what does the bouncing around mean you were in I jail moved, within one year i moved from chicago to new york new york to chicago chicago to vegas vegas to new york what new york to la did you just have a stick with a handkerchief that had like your <laughs> toothbrush in it like well how did you do that i got a, i got I moved to New York because I thought I would love it. And uh-huh. I love visiting New York. Living there is a whole other thing. I never want to live there. Oh, I instantly, I remember like like day three walking down the street in the West Village and just it hitting me. Oh, no. Like in the gut, like, oh, no, this is uh-uh. not right. This is not for you. Uh-uh. Like I thought it would be like a Woody Allen movie. Nope. Sans the neurosis. Well, no, with, uh, with the neurosis. Sans the pedophilia, though. Well. <laughs> but it was just like, yeah. And then I moved back to Chicago for a chick, which I think was really just... Uh, I was looking for an escape route. I from New- an escape from New York? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Snake Bliskin. <laughs> and then I took a job in Vegas. Then 9-11 happened, I, and the, my job ended. What so was the job in Vegas? I did work at Second City in Vegas. Oh, And okay. then I went back to New York like a week and a half after 9-11, oh. which was the worst time. Why do you do this to yourself? Because I had like a touring gig out of there, so okay. I was just like, I'll just do that. And then I, I just, again, I was just like, I don't like New York, and I just abruptly moved to L.A. That makes some. You need probably need some breathing room. Not that we have good air. We have terrible air. No. Do you? But do you like L.A.? Because I feel like a lot of people, if it wasn't for, because like my wants and things in life have changed. So I'm like, I don't really give a shit anymore. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna get a TV show. I don't even think I want. I don't think I want a TV show. I don't think I, I don't think that kind of fame is repulsive to me. It used to be appealing. Like I used to want to be and date the fucking hot whoever's and yeah. and but now i'm like that all just seems like Bleh. yeah i think maybe you realize that it it won't fill whatever hole you have that was a big one and i had a thing a no offense i mean no. everyone's got a hole am i right <laughs> that's what i wanted to ask you because now that you're on the on the television and things uh-huh. do you f- do you feel fulfilled by that or is it sort of like or is there's that constant because what i learned was there's that constant like all right what's next how do yeah. i keep this going here's the thing Okay, I th- you know when you were a kid and you used to play the hot lava game where you're like, you have to step on, do you ever do this? You'd, pl- you'd pretend like game. the ground was hot lava when you were a kid oh, and then yeah. you'd have to jump from like furniture and like not fall in the lava. I think when you were a kid, that like hot lava game where you're like step from couch to couch. And I think that like real life and like dire financial circumstances and and questionable validation and all that is like the hot lava. And you're like, if I can jump on this couch, which is like some kind of, success some kind of notoriety some kind of like big paycheck that'll be like uh, being on a safe zone but the thing about it is is you now that i'm i've been on 
TV for a couple years and have gotten my own show and I'm working a lot. It's kind of like you do kind of feel like you're off the hot lava, but you're also like, it's still really fucking hot and I could fall off any second. <laughs> and then and then I think as you get a little bit older, you realize, oh, shit, no, everything's just a couch and a floor. There's no lava. There's This is not safe. So it's kind of a weird evolution of like, oh, shit, I have to get safe. I have to get safe. I have to get a show. I have to get money. I have to. Da, da, da. And then you do it and you're like, OK, this doesn't solve the fact that that this could end. And other people are suffering. And then you just go, you know, what would be great is a bungalow and a dog and someone who loves me and like a reasonable nest egg. Should I get sick or need to retire? <laughs> Which yeah, is like, you just need a financial advisor and a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I just want to get back to, I, I want to get out of LA. I don't want to raise children here. Well, Not I think you have to get into the hills, I guess. But I hated LA. Like I moved here in 99 and I hated it for a long time because I, I was catering. I was doing craft service and... Um, I was, uh, you know, broke and, and I had friends, but, uh, the people that I knew from before then, but the, everyone I had met was like, you know, act like from acting class and you'd, you'd hang out with them and then they'd find out they were a Scientologist and you'd be like, I don't know, it was weird. Or like, you know, just that kind of, or it's a weird place to live. Yeah. And I didn't like it until I started, I started writing for the LA weekly and then I started getting these assignments where I'd have to go into you know art shows and and go watch like tetris competitions like projected on the wall under a bridge you know and that kind of stuff it was like oh la is more like san francisco than i thought or it's a little bit more it's less polished and it's less it is a rough that's the thing i don't i think people from the outside view it as like oh hollywood and it's glamorous yeah there's a rough yeah raw there is a rawness to this city that at times i just like it feels existential yeah <laughs> and then there's like little pockets of like oasises that you're like this place is like uh, we go there and it feels like old-timey chicago well it is really neighborhoody like that and i think that that's what's i think that's like the the weird i think that's the tragedy of los angeles is that the, the disparity feels so stark it's like that you're around people in lamborghinis who can get away with rape for decades and who are like so like if you x-rayed them half their body would be synthetic and so you're and they're so rich and you're around that and then you're around like starving artists and like you know downtown like skid row was named after our skid row like all of that so i think it's that dichotomy that's like so painful about it but in in other cities that it feels like it's a little bit um it just feels like it's blended a little bit better but i don't know but I hated L.A. for so long that I trademarked the phrase L.A. plus me equals lame. I own that federal trademark. I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> I think I made like a bumper sticker on Cafe Press and that was it. But you should get some T-shirts going. I, I'm OK with it now. I, but I think I have Stockholm Syndrome, but Los Angeles Syndrome. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's an Where would you live if you, where would you live? I don't know. I'm conflicted because I would like to live in Chicago. San Francisco would be ideal, but who, who can afford these days? Oh, God. Uh, dot, I guess dot commerce. But then look at the Bay. Look at the Bay Area. Look at Berkeley. Look at Oakland. Are those affordable? I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming that's like, that's like Brooklyn and Queens now. Like yeah, I think like it's getting more expensive. But where would where would Kelly mm. live? I don't know. Kelly's conflicted. I don't think she she's nuts about Chicago because of winter. Yeah, oh, she really likes. But I I explain to her like we live in two different cities because she you know she does her photography and she has she works at Annie M's Kitchen and she has this like works with all these and i go to the, the bar i work at and it's like i get sworn at and like yo what? Like, that Who's, place gets where is it you that place gets really rough on, especially to, on the weekends do you want me to bust some heads could you bust some heads it gets rough on the weekends yeah it's a well it's like a lot of it's pseudo wannabe thugs and they but so but it's like there's a lot of rudeness and it's just like so i'll be there on a friday night for six hours and it's just like really aggressive and just like and you get stiffed so much it's amazing what Oh, yeah. I get like the other Friday. I probably got stiff at least 10 times. What do you mean by stiff? No one tips you? Nothing at all. No No one tips you? No tip. That's so weird. Or or every tip was like 10% or less. It was like insane. Is the, do people feel like if you just get them a beer, they're like, fuck you. Or they tip you the first time and then they don't like subsequent? Like nothing at all. That's dick. It's a really weird place. That's It's like, it's like the suburban thugs come to hang and pretend they're, I don't know what they're pretending. Is it like the bridge and tunnel crowd? Yeah, that's a good, but yeah, but like from Jersey and no one wants to be around these people. Oh. It's really bizarre. And it's like, there's nights where you like, 
the whole staff were just like, oh, my God. Like, we hug. <laughs> it's like, no. We're like, oh, my God. We couldn't. Like, it was just so bad tonight. And it's like, that's like it. Where, and it's like, I feel like it's made me kind of uh, harder as a person. Because, like, I can, I'll tell people, like, fuck off. Shut up. Yeah. Like, fucking get out of here. And I used to never, I don't want to be that person, but uh-huh. I've had to learn how to be, like, really aggressive back. What do you do to counter that? What do you do to, like, rebound? Shots. <laughs> Shots. Shots of uh, tequila or uh, <laughs> oh, no. bourbon. What about, like, in life? Do you, like, listen to, like, like wind chimes or anything? What I do you meditate do? a little bit. Ta- let's talk about that. Oh, yeah? I have, I've been really bad about it lately. I'm trying to get it back, get it going back. First off, I feel like it's anti-meditation to be like, I'm a piece of shit for not meditating. <laughs> like, that's the first rule. It's the first thing Buddha said when, uh, right after the life is suffering, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a real fat-ass piece took, of yeah, shit. Because it took him like 30 years to get there, and he was like, fucking should have done this early. He's like, I'm so sweaty. I'm disgusting. Okay, so where did you learn how to meditate? I went to various, I watched various videos and went to various Buddhist places and uh-huh. just sort of... I sat with Duncan Trussell and uh, Natasha Legero a lot. They yeah. were into this. What do they do? T- TM? Transcendental? <clears throat> no, it was uh, a sect of Buddhism. There was a lot of chanting. I got away from that. It was the SGI. I also, there was a weird philosophy with the Buddhism of you could pray for whatever you wanted. And a lot of it, people were like, oh, like it was. Be- I want a pilot. <laughs> yeah, it was like material. And I was like, I don't, it seemed very contradictory to be like, I don't. It's not a very spiritual, not that I'm really spiritual, but like to be wishing for like, God, I hope my podcast gets better numbers. <laughs> oh, no. And it's, it, that just seemed so, there's a Shambhala place up the street too and I went there. and Oh, I've been there. I dig it. I've been there. And you know what? I went there a couple of years ago and I, when I wanted to learn how to meditate and uh, I went in there and I did it once and the, the only weird thing was that someone had just brought their dinner in there so it smelled like, um, like Baja Fresh grilled That's onions doesn't seem like i shouldn't a monk be like hey man I'm i don't know i think it was like one of the people in the front office so the whole time i was meditating i was like sure sure smells like armpits right now but i and i just i wasn't good at it but then i learned but then i i knew a guy that did vedic meditation a friend of a friend and uh and he taught me how to meditate and i learned how a couple years do ago. you do it regularly i try to it's like i try to but i mean when i do do it regularly i find that i'm much happier and then i'll go through weeks month where i won't do it and i'm like why don't you do it and you're like shut up i like have a conversation in my head where i'm like yeah. you should go meditate i'm like you should go fuck yourself <laughs> it's hard because sometimes i'm like oh it's like afternoon i should maybe meditate and what's I'm like, the hardest or you part i think just starting to do it i just interrupted you what were you gonna say or you can what oh i just sometimes i'll have an afternoon cocktail so it's like afternoon cocktail or meditate no dwyer <laughs> that's the irish meditation what makes you um what makes you feel better about both of those things? Drinking or? Yeah, both. Meditating. Uh, I usually feel better if I'm meditating just because it's like, and then you can have the cocktail. Yeah, that's a good idea. But uh, I do feel more like clear-headed. Like I'll, I get into brain, you know, I'll, like shit will steamroll in my head. And you know, especially the negative and the fuck. Like I'm recording, <coughs> excuse me, the album on Saturday and it's just <laughs> like, I've been so anxious about it. I I've know. had like one night where I didn't have nightmares. I know. I know you're anxious about it. You're not looking forward to it, huh? I'm looking forward to being done and having a beer. <laughs> it's it's the um, is it the fear that you're gonna fuck it up? It's more the external of what could go wrong because I'm doing it at the bar I work at, which yeah. Jonah thought was a good idea, and I was sold on it. But then I was like, the more I've had time to think about it, the more I'm like, oh god, like a drunk regular, like a drunk person who should be there will be out of unruly or a pub crawl will crash through the front door and we'll get like 20 usc kids though it's supposed to be private but i could still see it happening like there's a lot of weird and the technical stuff there is really bad so there's like a lot of things that could just be stressful and awful and i'm really terrified about that what's the capacity what's the capacity of people and how many people do you think you're gonna bring like are you gonna have a crowd that's solidly pro wire where you don't have to worry about some is, there, is there a crowd that's solidly pro? i mean you do you know you have a podcast people listen to it uh, yeah they, do. they do actually so the, uh, there's it uh, there'll be over 100 people there the b- oh, room well that then you're fine there's a small stage room that that'll that'll be packed and then they you know they'll bleed out and whatever the other thing is is you're gonna have the microphone the drunk guys won't and there's editing god yeah i've, so I've Fuck it. Yeah. Do you I don't do, know. Do you do this thing where you like visualize just killing it? Yeah, I've done that. Where you're like, do you ever, do you ever, because you know how sometimes people with anxiety, and I'm one of them, but I don't have it as bad as I have in the past. 
where you'll be like you like rehearse all the shitty situations you're like because like if it happens like you're gonna know what to do which is kind of bullshit do you ever rehearse like the this would be amazing i do i try but the thing i'm trying to i think they're so loud this i want to cuddle them so hard the i try to just take it as like it'll be what it is and take it as it comes type of situation because you can never visualize <coughs> either situation is not going to be what it is <coughs> let's do an let's do an exercise okay you go up there this place is fucking packed and you're, and you're like holy shit you're here oh my god hi 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 everyone's like yay we're here and and you're in a crisp outfit you're feeling fantastic <laughs> look you're already smiling all these people are here you're like crisp outfit is this you're mean? you're looking you're looking smart dressed okay and like you go up there and you're just you're like a rapper who's got flow and you just end up being like so on it you surprise yourself with like jokes you didn't even think you'd make because you're in the moment and you fucking kill it. Everyone's like, Matt fucking Dwyer. Wow. And then I get that TV show and I can date celebrities behind Kelly's back. That's gross because you know, TV shows don't even pay well at all. <laughs> That's the secret about TV shows. But like, I get a network television show. Even then, if it's your first network television show, they pay you like $2 and all the crap service you want. And then you realize like, oh, shit, I just... Signed off for nothing. Okay. I'm on a network. I'm on the network show every week. Which and network I get, show are you on? I'm on you, CBS uh, every week, every Saturday morning. Oh, you do the kid science thing, right? Yeah, Innovation Nation. I've never, I've heard about it. That's okay. Oh, you're a big science brain, right? I love science. I've loved science ever since I, I got a, a microscope when I was like eight. And I was like, oh, the world. Did you amazing. study a lot of it formally, like in school? Yeah, I was uh, studied science all through school, AP bio, in college. Thoughts on GMOs? That's actually an interesting uh, topic. I was just listening. Because Kelly's a big science person. She is? She went to biotech school. She did? Yeah. I didn't know that. She's a brain. I got a smart dame. Why do you want a TV show on some dumb, stupid bitch? Oh, I don't really want to. I I have the best bitch there is. (laughs) Do you actually think that I I thought that you wanted that? You never know. People are creepos. Um, GMOs, I think, um, it's a, I think it's a buzzword and people are like, GMO bad. Like it's, I picture, do you remember, um, stop no whammies, stop no whammies. It's a, p- no. Press your luck. It was a game show where you'd hover over a button and like, you have to shout out an answer. Anyway, I feel like with GMO, people like want to hit a button, and go bad. Oh yeah. Um, when really there's so much more of you that's so, that's so much worse. That's the stuff Kelly technically studied too. And really? Yeah. I think there are ways to improve things, um, through modified genetics. I mean, I don't think I'm, anyone needs to get out of control, but I don't think it's as black and white as people like to like. Oh, to I don't think so. Either. And there's no, from what I understand, and you would may know better and Kelly knows, but there's like no report like where people are like, it causes cancer. It's like, yeah. there's no documented. No. And it's like, I. They're working on potatoes now that actually have fewer cancer causing um, compounds in them because they've been um, modified genetically. So it's, it's, I think it's one of those things where um, people are like, <coughs> like that's the, I'm going to fear this now. Um, but it's I'm not like, like yeah. pro Monsanto. I'm not like, no, that's the thing is the school Kelly went to is Mon- the school would do intern. It was in Madison where Monsanto's head offices were in. Like oh, the school would not ha- do internships with Monsanto. They, well, uh, they yeah. weren't, they were like, they were obviously pro, uh, biogenetics, but they're like that company's so evil. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that people, I think that there's been a lot done probably, for evil in that way but i also th- i don't think it's one of those black and white issues where you can just say no but i mean yeah. i don't know i always think we've been putting gmos on like like the bananas are technically G- like people we don't understand how what it is a lot of times well breeding is also a form of that i think but i mean just selective breeding but i mean not not like from a molec from a dna level but i don't know i don't i don't take as big a stance on that as i do on just like i think since the dawn of agriculture like 10,000 years ago we've been kind of killing ourselves with carbohydrates <laughs> but i mean i don't think that i don't think the human beings are, are i think we eat all kinds of garbage that like our pancreas That's, can't handle i have friends who are like gmos and this and that and i'm like you binge drink and chain smoke so yeah. like fuck off yeah i think i mean i think from like a macronutrient standpoint like people eat so much sugar and they feel like such garbage and it does terrible things to their um just like their insulin production and their energy levels but no one ever connects it so i mean i i try if i if i want to like not pass out and be grumpy i try to just eat a lot of vegetables and stuff like yeah, that. yeah so i always feel better but that was what was the other is this a bu- is that a bummer what that you eat a lot of vegetables that i'm like hey guys stop eating all that sugar no i it's mean it's i'm just saying a lot of times 
sorry. What's that? Oh, I was just saying the American society in general just consumes too many sugars. Do you think people are more bummed out than we need to be? Are you bummed out? How bummed out are you? It, it depends about what. I kind of have depression. Yeah? On a regular, yeah. How long have you had it? Uh, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? I but I mean, overall, I'm, I'm like, I'm overall, I'm glib. Overall, I'm glib. <laughs> but I mean, like, I have a dumb. My life is pretty dumb. I have a shit ton of free time. I have a beautiful yeah. lady I share my life with. I've mm-hmm. always, I've, I meet and hang out with interesting people. Like, it, I don't really have. I just, it's just dumb uh, ego shit. I think that trips you up. Where you're like, yeah, oh, well, this didn't happen in my life, or and it's like, and it doesn't mean anything. I think I guess that's a lot. I think that's the engine behind depression is like a a nagging self hatred more than like, my car isn't good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe if like your car isn't good enough because you're like, I'm not good enough to get a better car. <laughs> Overall, <laughs> material stuff doesn't like. I don't ask for like I like I like books, records, yeah. and able to see movies and have an, some wine and stuff that i don't even ask for that much to to be you know it's not like i'm like i would never even if i had the money i wouldn't want a mansion like it just seems grotesque oh god how do you clean it how do you clean i guess (laughs) (laughs) illegals but i mean like i will yeah i barely clean this fucking do you have have you ever had a house cleaner we hired a a person to clean this place because we were both working a lot and uh but my mom cleaned houses so i always felt really guilty about it i only have hired one once I feel weird about it. And then I couldn't be here for it. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be here. And like, because I'm like, you know, I'm fucking dicking around on Facebook while you scrub my filth out of my tub. <laughs> Wait, how long did your mom clean houses for? Like, most of her life. Did she complain about it at all? She's like, my mom's like a weirdly clean freak, so she probably got off on it a little oh, bit. Like, our up house as a child was like, you could probably eat off of anything. Are like, it was serious? immaculate. <gasps> it was really weird. So, maybe that... And she hates gays. And she hates gays? <laughs> well, she's just christian so she doesn't like a man she's a big leviticus 1822 oh they just highlighted that only that passage in the bible that's yes she read that's what our grace was every night (laughs) (laughs) that'd be awesome Uh, oh religion but wait how did you end up like you wrote for the la times right Mm -hmm. yep that's always because i love old school newspaper like i used to go and hang out at the old man newspaper bar in chicago like i love old man news the tribune, tribune that's what i went to, yeah billy goat tavern it's where uh, like royco and stud sterkle would drink and so many potato farts there i just feel like guys just eating potatoes and farting oh yeah it's like polacks and <laughs> germans and and there's burgers there um when i say i wrote for the la times that's not untrue because i wrote for their calendar in their book section and i was an employee there generating content for them for years but I wrote for a section that was like supposed to be geared toward twenty somethings. So, and it was called Metro Mix. I've read Metro Mix. Yeah, it was yeah because it was in Metro Mix was also in Chicago. Oh yeah. Yeah, so we were a paper. We were like a a newspaper put out by the LA Times. It was kind of like the LA Weekly and Sassy Magazine, but free and and only around for a couple of years but um and then they would take our articles and put them in the LA Times but I feel like when I say I was a writer at the LA Times it makes me seem like I was like I found murderers and more like a hat yeah, that press on it you know what I mean did you work out of the building though yeah yeah that building's pretty incredible yeah. is there a lot of like gold because blacked out like is they have old articles and shit on yeah. the wall yeah yeah it's really weird because you'd walk down the halls and you'd see all of the like Pulitzers that they won and all these framed articles that the best work and then you re- you realize like some of it was really great like uh, we're finding out what's poisoning the oceans but then you'd you'd walk by and you'd see pictures of journalists celebrating for their Pulitzer win about a heinous tragedy and you're like well I'm I am glad you're reporting on it but it's <laughs> weird to see like you should be st- we should celebrate that like heaven's gate happened <laughs> or something. But um, I don't know. I think that I think one thing that's good about jobs is if you can keep learning. We're going to get back to the conversation here in one moment, but I just want to take out this time to uh, make you aware of. If you go to my page at feralaudio.com, the conversations with Matt Dwyer page, and if you click on the Amazon link, and if you use that anytime you purchase things like uh, groceries, um, medicine, shampoo, DVDs. Feral Audio and Conversations with Matt Dwyer gets a kickback of that money, and that can help us uh, keep our lights on and buy equipment. I currently desperately need a new recorder so I can do more extensive 
interviews with more than two people at a time, uh, this would help me out greatly. You can also donate through that donate button on my pages as well. Um, so if you really want to buy me a new Zoom recorder, that would be awesome. Thank you very much for listening. Back to the conversation. The one thing I've noticed in this conversation is yeah. you're very good with the metaphors. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, what? Why should That's no? I'm obnoxious. No, I was. You were making great comparisons and things. Was and I, I? I didn't mean it. Why no, would you apologize I about I being articulate and well presenting your thoughts? I don't know. Thoughts? Maybe it seems <laughs> pretentious or florid, but I think I try to. I try to. My, I try to wrap my brain around things by. No, it's. I would. I, d- your ability to be articulate. I feel like I'm still like. Chicago guy a lot of times when I say stuff. Like I'm like, hey, oh, hey. I feel like I say things and like, yeah, like, oh, fucking, like I swear too much and I probably opt out of. I swear all the fucking time. I like All the time. Like in a, I was in a meeting today. George and I were in a meeting and we've worked with these people before, but we must have said fuck like 10 times before even like opening up our laptops. And I'm like, is this going to hurt me? Is this going to bite me in the ass one day? But then do you, because I forget and I'll, because we hang out with a circle of people where you could pretty much just say anything. You say whatever you want all the time. And then somebody wants to see if they can go further. And then I forget that, and I like will say things socially. I made a joke the other day to a friend of mine about like how at the wedding, our honeymoon night, we're gonna ha- we have to have somebody there to help guide. It's an Irish tradition to have someone mm-hmm. guide the penis into the vagina because uh-huh. of whiskey dick. <laughs> <laughs> and they and it was just like it was like I you know they just were. F- terrified <laughs> yeah we we hang out around the most like uh sharply offensive people maybe in the world we go to barbecues to people where it's just like there's nothing you can say that could possibly offend and then you go into real life and you're like i'm the grossest person in the room by several measures like but i experienced this i went to disneyland um with some people from nerdist who are like you know more rich and more famous than I'll ever be so they have like carte blanche to do whatever they want and they were saying some stuff in front of like our Disneyland guide that was so offensive that was like so went so far beyond where the joke needed to go and I realized like this is this is real life we're in Disneyland like you can't talk like this to people and that's just, somebody just needs to hit record on their iPhone and you're fucked oh you're fucked that's the thing we also for I mean it's not gonna wouldn't affect me but yeah over, I mean, like someone like I'm guessing, whatever it doesn't matter. Somebody famous says that, and they're like have that wholesome image, and they're talking about, yeah, cramming berries up a I child's know. ass. <laughs> I know it's so. I don't know. I mean, it, I think in some way though, I guess it keeps you kind of sharp. But it's yeah, you. It's almost like you pick up a, like you pick up an accent where you can just you can just talk about buttholes what at any barbecue you want. And I then would rather be in that world though than any other world. Like it's so much more, like. I accidentally texted some really offensive stuff to my <laughs> to my building manager. Ah, what did you text? It was. What did you have? To, what did you text? Can you hint around the topic to it, your building manager? It was manager? like it was just kind of like we were going to be ordering ethnic food, and I was referring to oh it as its no. slang, and they are within that world. Okay, this is. Probably but it's like, and it, the thing was, oh, I Matt. was texting a person of color so it wasn't like i was like oh, hey, two no. white guys talk. it was like it was an asian person talking back to me so oh, it wasn't no. like it what wasn't happened? she texted me or she called me and i was like oh that's weird and then i looked at my text and i was like <gasps> oh no she's directly next to and i was like oh and i was God. like i know this is going to sound really hard to believe but uh i'm a comedian <laughs> And I have a lot of comedian <laughs> friends, and this is how we talked. And I actually think, thank God, she's like a Joe Rogan fan and stuff. Oh so it kind of no. saved me, because oh then she kind of got it. And I was like, oh yeah, I, and like, and Duncan Trust. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually friends with those guys. And so she, she got it. But it's like I still see her in the hallway, and it's like, oh God, it's is there like an ironic emoticon where you're like, then I'm not racist about? Well, I even said like, I even said it's like something about like iPhone not having a being racist enough. <laughs> To get my, but it was like you know, but that's like in our world, like no one thinks twice about. You wouldn't it. think twice. I was like, yeah, I mean, John Vargas and I call like I say things about him being Mexican. He says stuff about me being Irish and. Oh, you should hear what George and I say about vaginas over text. I mean, I wish, I wish. I hope you save them and like publish them later. <laughs> we we actually had this thing called TMI Wednesdays where we had a joke that on Wednesdays we could we could tell each other the grossest stuff, and then of course it would be Saturday, and then you'd be like, hey, is it Wednesday? No, why? And then because, and then it would just be like a long, disgusting, disgusting, disgusting thing. And so 
we culled them from our phones and our G chats and then we put them on index cards and we would draw them out of a vintage purse and read them on stage at a couple <laughs> live shows. It didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well at all. It's we funny like, how sometimes this is too gross. Like it's the grossest. Every I mean, and it's so offensive. Like think of a think of an offensive thing you can say about an abortion. We've we've one upped it so hard. That's the thing. I think if pe- most people heard what even the pe- most heard what most people in our circles talk about and it's like it is part of like i think it's as a com- comedian it's, it's sort of an exercise like where you have to sort of push things otherwise yeah and which it's sounds like i'm justifying it but it's like believe me every comic in the world does it even probably sinbad <laughs> even sinbad is he the lowest he just seems like i think he works clean but i'm like i doubt in private no no i mean there's the whole thing about um bob saget being like the grossest person on stage? Bob Saget is apparently in real life like the grossest. In what man? Like, uh, like just like filthy with yeah, his mouth. Yeah, just filthy, filthy his act humor. Is filthy. Is it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like on Full House, you'd you'd always oh, yeah. be like bad. Like he seems like he would have like like it's almost weird. Like I wonder if he crocs. would get cast today because people would be like, oh, we can't associate. Cause I don't know. Some, I've I mean, never heard his act. I just heard about it. But I mean, I can't remember any of it. Well, I can. I you know what? I'm gonna YouTube. You got a YouTube horse farting. I got a YouTube Bob Saget. We're gonna trade. Okay. Is there anything on the internet lately that you've been really taken by other than Bill Cosby and what he did with his... Uh, Penis and drugs? With his felonious monk? Um, no. Nothing? Nothing on the internet There's you check? There's a chick I follow on Instagram whose name I'm blanking on, but she's going to... Allie Ward? Allie Ward. There's she's an artist like who I'm, whose stuff on Instagram, I'm, I think her last name is Fine. I can't think of her first name. She actually did my artwork for my... Page on Feral. And you don't but know I'm like, name? I'm just blanking on. It. I'm really bad with names. Really? Yeah, I have like nieces that I'm like really? and nephews where I'm like, I'm not sure who you are. No, th- I think that happens because a lot of times they'll <laughs> be like, this is, ooh, this is Kaylee and this is Caitlin, and you're like, oh, I also have a shit ton. Like I'm, I'm a great really? uncle. I'm a great, great. Wait a minute. No, I'm just a great uncle. Oh, I thought you meant. But you I were potentially like could amazing. be. A, <laughs> like, I'm I an could amazing. be a great great uncle because my oldest. I have a nep- great nephew who's like ready to graduate high school. And what? If, and if he's among my, you know, big Irish Catholic, knock him up early family. Yeah, I know. I right? was an uncle at like five. What? That's weird. My I mean, brother I got get it. his lady pregnant at seventeen. Oh. Are you gonna write a book? You should write a book. What should I write about? I don't know. I want to write a book. Science and food. I want to draw a book. You sh- maybe you could do. I want to yeah. write draw a book about uh, word origins or bugs. Okay. That's kind of what I want to do. Are you big on food or is that just... Th- you're both big on food, I right? mean, I, I eat almost every day, you know? So you have to be big. I just... I I thought you could I do an yesterday. Alton Brown-esque science food, science cocktail. I appreciate and food and I, and I appreciate tastes and innovations and history and tradition. But I think, to be honest, I like bugs more than food. Then write about bugs. bugs I love bugs. Do you like bugs? You uh, no. Why? I don't know. What kind of bugs do you like? All of them. Spiders? Sure. Spiders are dope. What's your favorite bug? My favorite bug is a dragonfly uh, larva. It's a larval, the larval stage, the nymph stage of a dragonfly is called a naiad. Ah, they're so dope. Okay, so you think of a dragonfly, right? You're probably picturing something very beautiful and like someone's got a back tattoo at Burning Man of like a dragonfly (laughs) and it's like live and let live and you're like, all right, whatever. But before they become dragonflies, they're like these little roachy looking, sharp, six-legged, stout-bodied aquatic carnivores called naiads and they live in the water and they have a a mouth part that they can just shoot out like a taser gun and eat stuff and they just chill in the water eating and and killing which is kind of a bummer but what are you gonna do it's nature and then when they're ready they hop out they cling to something and then they bust out of their little their their little fat butt exoskeleton (laughs) and then they're like guess what i'm a dragonfly and then they dry out but they know that their wings are wet and they're kind of they know that they're kind of pussy chops for a while so they go hide in trees for a bit a couple days till they dry out and then they're badasses and then they leave this stuff called exuvia which are the dried out exoskeletons wherever they bust it out so if you go walk around the reservoir uh the silver lake reservoir for months later 
after they hatch out, you can see these these skeletons, these exoskeletons, where they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you thought I was an aquatic naiad? Poof! Airborne dragonfly. If you tell this story and any date, you'll probably make guys fall in love with <laughs> no, you. No, I will not like this. <laughs> Why? Because they don't like brainy girls? No, because it's so dumb. The thing about bugs, the thing about bugs, and I'm like, I... I would, like a guy, who would want to hear, like... I don't know. I'm single. How is that possible? I don't know. I You're think very beautiful and nice. super intelligent. That's you nice. Almost said, you almost <laughs> like, nah. Uh, that's You turned to Chicago there for a second. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm I'm in like I'm in my 30s. I don't know. I think it just um, it's I don't know. It's hard to find someone that is you learn from who's also nice. And I, I always find that a lot of the smart guys are kind of dicks and a lot of the super nice guys are maybe a little bit derpy. So it's hard to find someone that like doesn't use their intelligence as like a weapon of evil. It's interesting how some smart guys use it as a status move and a they're dicks. And guys like to like make I, guys are threatened by women who are smarter than them. I openly admit, really, Kelly's, I think a lot of guys are. I get, notice how a lot of guys try to like I've seen guys try to. I, that's the great thing about working at a bar. I get to see people hit on one another. And oh it's, no! And a lot of times guys will like try to correct a woman or be like, "That's and it's the like, game." Like use the game. Is that from the game? That's yeah. So fuck. I'm like, yeah, make her feel small. That's really empowering. Oh, it's. It's there's nothing that boils my blood faster. I didn't realize. Do you know I dated a guy who used the game on me, and I found out later. I really? dated a couple guys who I found out later were negging. What's negging? Negging is when you you make a girl feel shitty about herself. So she's like, oh, I I guess you do have something over me. It's it's a tactic. Gross. They have bulletin boards where like chat rooms where guys talk about this, and you you like go up to her and you're like, um, you'll say something like, I like the red hair. You look better as a blonde, but red's nice. That's uh, such a dick move. Yeah, you do it on purpose, and the girl's like, oh, "He's probably right," or like, "You're you have a good smile, so a little bit seeking, of buck teeth." You're seeking out women with low self-esteem and issues. Is what that is? I you mean, you're looking out, for wounded yeah, people. Yeah, but or no, you because they put them out a little because they're so insecure, right? You're like, please love me, but you wound them a little bit, and you get them to bleed a little bit, oh, and then they're like, "Oh, angry. you want a bandaid? I'm the bandaid," and that you're. But I, a guy did that, and we. I thought he was so cool, but I was really intimidated by him. We started dating, and like three weeks into it, he's like, I have to tell you, like, I read this book because I was really shy about girls. And I was like, Get out of my life. So it fucked him? No, I ended up taking him back. Oh. I mean, if he was nice, he just. He ended up being, but I was like, so, But I remember on our first date, he's like, You know who you remind me of? You know who you remind me of? You remind me of uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal because she can like play pretty, but she could play ugly. And I remember being oh, like, fuck. Oh my God, this guy's out of my league. <laughs> Oh, you're far prettier than Maggie well, Gyllenhaal. who cares? It's so weird. And I also, I, that's just a pet peeve when people are like, you know who you look like? It's like, you know who you sh look like? Go fuck it. Like, fuck off. Because <laughs> people always say like, I, and I kind of do look a little Corey Feldman-ish, especially when I was younger. <laughs> but it's like, I don't take that as a compliment or. I don't think you look like Corey Feldman. Or because of the glasses, I get, I get uh, Weezer. And I'm like, because I wear glasses, you <sighs> dumb fuck. It but it's like that person might not f even if they do look like that person they might not find that person it, it might not be flattering to them so it's a really dumb thing to say to someone as soon as you think that someone has like uh, an ego enough to say that you're not good enough you're like well you must have like a, a, a garage full of riches of, of <laughs> like intelligence and, and wonder like you must be if I'm not good enough for, for you you must be like amazing and then you find out that you're like oh you're a Down terrible shell of a human. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm also like not, I'm not active w with dating. I can't, I'm so shy with guys. Like really? I'm not shy with guys once I'm dating them. Oh. Um, then it's on. But I'm really shy about hitting on someone. I'm really shy about letting someone know that I have an interest in them. I so I know some other females like that. But I like, I've had, I don't know, it's mixed. I've had girls let them know that they like me and I found it flattering. How did you and Kelly meet? Twitter. It's a true story. No. She went to high school with my niece. It sounds creepy. No, oh, yeah, that does sound creepy. But then again, you were an uncle but of my, five. But so. my niece, yeah, I mean, my niece is in her 30s and has kids. <laughs> but my, I was coming to Chicago to do shows, and Kelly was fresh out of a marriage, and she was like, my niece was like, hey, you like funny, because Kelly, like, knows comedy really well. She was she, out of a marriage? She she was, like, divorced, and she was, Shauna was like, go and, like, talk to like go meet my uncle i think you guys would really hit it off and kelly was like i'm not ready for that she started following me on twitter and she started liking and retweeting my stuff and i 
being a creep, I went and looked at. I was like, who is this person? No, that's not creepy. And her, you know, she her picture was a hot Hachi Mama, and I was like, Hachi oh. Mama. So I just nicely like thanked her. I was like, hey, thank you. That's really nice of you to. And then we just started writing back and forth on direct message on Twitter, and then we, I think we started texting or we started on Facebook and like, and then uh, when she moved up to Madison to go to biotech school, she was in Illinois. We I talked to her on the phone once, and it just like kept going, and for months. And we and then we started video talking, video chatting, and mm-hmm. like, and then it was like every day from morning to night we would, like I'd wake up and we'd text and like it. And then I was going to go out there and I, I kind of panicked for a bit because I was like, I was like, this isn't real. Like, I don't know who this person is. Like, this is fake. This isn't because it's. Yeah. It's. And then. How far did you have to travel? To Madison, Wisconsin. How far is that? Like Chicago, north of Chicago, two okay. hours. Okay. And then finally I was like, I have to go. Like, this is not like I have to go see how this is. And it was that thing where. It sounds corny, but you know, like, you know, when you know, and like, you oh, think, you know, and you, but it was like, fuck I, we you. <laughs> But I mean, I'm a guy who's <laughs> fucked up in relationships a lot. But you it was know like when you just like meet that soulmate, you're going to slow bone all the time. He's going to take care of you when totally. you're sick. We you slow bone just because I got a bad back. <laughs> <laughs> Worst joke ever. Now, wait. So you did. And you're just like, oh, this is on. Yeah. Like we had like That's the great. week was like this whirlwind, not whirlwind, but it was like really fun. And it, but it was grounded because we because we had talked so like yeah. in a weird way. It was very old fashioned because. We didn't have we didn't have sex for like eight months. Like it was just yeah. it was eh, maybe we did something. But, <laughs> but we talked so much that it became like we really knew one another. And I was like so. And I remember the day where I was like, it, like I was like, I like this girl. You can't don't fuck this. Like this is Aww. like this is a person that you should that a good person because she is. She's a sweet and she's talented and way smarter than I could possibly. That's great. Ever. I didn't realize that she was in like biotech. Yeah, that's really interesting. I want to talk to her about that. She should be home any second now. Really, really. So if a girl is like, uh, like, oh, I like your tweets. You don't think she's a creepy stalker? If she says what? If she's like, I like your tweets. You don't think that she's a creepy stalker? Well, she just liked him and retweeted him. I was the creepy stalker. But but you don't think that that was an act of stalking? Is her being like, I like his tweets? I'm just curious. When do girls know. get creep? When does a girl's? Because I mean, I'm such a feminist, but for some reason, I one and when it comes to work, I will put myself on the line all the time. But when it comes to, I think it, I think there's something that feels like weird and cougary, or something about like. Yeah. I, maybe I'm maybe it's just like I don't know why I'm I can't I have a really hard time making a move on a guy I'm like so afraid of getting rejected I think the problem in LA that from my single days here my 13 or 12 whatever is I find out that this, it's a really big hookup town and a lot of people just want to hook up men and women and some women I know have been very aggressive about that not necessarily with me but in general and are very open about it and I think because people are like oh, I just want a career and I don't get oh, relationships yeah. so let's Ugh. just fuck and uh, so I think sometimes the guys might in misinterpret a slightly being forward as like, oh, she probably wants to hook up. Oh, that's because so weird. that I think that might, but I could be wrong. But I just felt like that was, I feel like that's a common mind. People seem to hook up here a lot. I guess. I don't know. I'm on the, r- I travel so much for work. I travel. So you hook like up in hotels? Gross. Just get a businessman with just a wedding like ring and pleated trousers? I just call a bellhop and I'm like, listen, there's two bucks in this for you. <laughs> it's an easy $2. That's not true. But I'm working all the time. I travel all the time. And also, hookups get... I mean, hookups are gross because if the guy is good enough, you're like, oh, maybe this guy will be my boyfriend. And if he's not, you're like, I'm going to do you a favor and hook up with you, you gross dude that won't get out of my house. At least you said do him a favor. That shows you... you But do you you know what I mean? Yes. Like, if he's a buster, if he's a scrub, then you're like... You're (laughs) just going to get some hookup out of this. But if then if he's cool, you're like, oh, that would be cool if this guy ended up dating me. So I don't want to just be like... Let's fuck. Although I did have one first date that I it just was like instant attraction, and we went to the woods. Really? Yeah, and then we ended up dating like off and on for like three years. But it was the sluttiest I've ever been. I was just something like really super magnetic about him. And then I've had other relationships. I just got out of a relationship that was long distance, where I did what you did, where we were just like, did like Facebook and Twitter, and then. It, texting and then talking and then it's fun and it's fun to go to another city and then it's like vacation with 
It is, but it's a lot. You don't really know how compatible you are when you live a thousand miles away from someone. And then you're, you're also like, you know what? I have a wonderful pen pal, but I would really like to go to the movies with someone. Like, I would really like to get ramen with someone. Like, oh, it yeah, feels like a second or third date every time you see them. And that's just, that's, I ended that recently and it's hard. It's, I'm like, oh, I gotta go. Kelly and I would, this is going to be so queer. We'd make the same dinner. And so we'd eat together. Oh, <laughs> my God. And we'd watch the movie, same movie. That's the cutest, saddest. It is kind of sad. That's almost like ghost dates. That's almost like, my wife died, but I'll pretend that she's <laughs> eating this too. Like, that's almost like making a second play for, like, a dead husband. I'll probably do that. Well, she'll die. Let's not kid ourselves. I'll die way before her. Uh, you're, you, the, you know what? You're probably going to live, like, so much longer. And this whole, like, you think about dying every day and you're like, you're going to be so old. I hope Worry so. about other stuff. So to, where can people find all things Allie Ward? Um, I'm on the Twitters. What's your Twitter? My, my name is Allie Ward. It's A-L-I-E-W-A-R-D. So that's the same for Instagram and Twitter. I like Instagram. Instagram's fun. Do, are you outside of your... Do you have a website outside of Allie in Georgia or is it just Allie in Georgia? I don't, actually. I used to I used to have one that was all my paintings and stuff and then I took it down. Oh, that's right. You I paint. And you're a goddamn mm-hmm. good painter. Oh, I can't believe, thank I've you. I've seen a couple of you. you, you Margaret Saudi Kramer, <laughs> wife yes. of Famous Wing. Yeah, you've seen some of my paintings. Yeah, you've really... I had I the pic- painting I looked at and I actually posted it on Instagram, I think, at one point and I was really? like... Th- oh, that's right. Yeah, and I was like, and then I was like, oh, I love this. And I loved it for months, and then Margaret was like, oh, my friend Allie Ward did this. And I was like, what? Yeah, I love painting. I don't do it as much. Anyway, and then you can also find me in Georgia. We're at Allie and Georgia and AllieandGeorgia.com and on the Cooking Channel every Sunday, and then I'm on CBS Innovation Nation on Saturday mornings at 10. Thank you, Allie Ward. I'm going to hug your wife. Please do. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. As I said, go to the Amazon page there at feralaudio.com, the Matt Dwyer page. Uh, use that. Donate money if you can. Follow me on Twitter. Go to themattdwyer.com for all things Matt Dwyer. I love you. Thank you very much. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.